Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Welcome to the Fairways of Life show on this Wednesday, folks. Pleasure to have your company as ever. We've got sound coming in from everywhere. So the DP World Tour, which is playing in the UAE this, this week, Padraig Harrington spoke there, and it was the last thing that he was asked and commented on by the media that, that captured me the most about his comments here. But nonetheless, I'll give you context of, of what he was asked. Uh, he was asked about, has he been forced to amend his schedule due to all the physical ailments that he had been dealing with in recent years? Uh, curious where Podrick falls on that because, frankly, all professional athletes, I would say, but definitely professional golfers, they're generally always dealing with physical ailments. Uh, his thoughts on the course and the changes that they've made to the course since last year. And it ends with Podrick talking about how they've obviously tried to make the course play tougher in this year. But then he says, and I'm quoting, tougher doesn't always mean better, though, end quote, which I think is such a brilliant quote from Podrick Harrington because, frankly, I think it's something that, and all you guys know what I'm talking about, there are architects who build their golf courses to be hard. And somehow that's supposed to translate into being good or even being great. I think it's a complete opposite. So here's Padraig Harrington on these subjects. I can't, I, like I can't practice. I, I walked nine holes yesterday and at 12 today and my knee is hurting. Uh, you know, it's a lot easier on the Champions Tour where I can ride in a cart. I don't have any of those problems or at least not as significant. So, yeah, I... I, I I have to do 18 holes tomorrow in the Pro-Am, but I, I, I really, if it was up to me, I, I wouldn't, I'd never walk 18 holes. I, you know, that's just, I can do it, but I'm in pain. I have to ice it down and I can't do much more. Uh, but that's just life, you know. I have other niggles too as you get older and you, you realise you can't, you know, you can't do what you could do as a kid, but, uh, you know, they're still fighting me, so I, I figure it out and get it done somehow. It's extremely narrow, easily the narrowest golf course I've ever seen. Like, you know, even on the tough, really tough driving holes, you know, you've got 15 to 20 yards of fairway at most, about half the size of what you'd regularly see. So it's extremely narrow. They've, they've obviously got heavier rough, that's a big flyer rough, and, and, and they've brushed up the sand. So once you miss that, you're, where you used to be in hard pan, now you're in soft sand with, with going to be full of footprints and things. So it, it's a... It's not going to be tougher for the guy who hits it down the middle all the time, but, you know, God, if you hit 50% of your fairways this week, you'd be a straight driver of the ball. So it's, 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 I'd be interested to see what it does to scoring. It will certainly make the average scoring much tougher. I don't know if it would change the, the top end, but, they, you know, they lent the par four. I saw 13. Uh, really, it was a great hole. It was drivable. It's kind of just a nothing now it's just everybody's going to play from the same place so it's interesting you know when you come to a golf course like this it was actually perfect last year the scoring was good everybody enjoyed it the greens are in great condition the golf course is in good condition uh, a good golf course to play and, and and obviously they've made a concerted effort this year to make it tougher uh, tougher doesn't mean better though all right so Padraig Harrington talking about all those things and more I'm curious what your thoughts are as to what I was saying 
there's, there's a lot of golf course and there are particular architects who, who excel at it. I don't know whether it's to protect an ego or uh, some fervent philosophy, but they build their golf courses too hard. It's, I think, the easiest golf course architecture to do, uh, meaning that if, if you have a particular shot and a player has to play a shot to a particular area in order to execute the next shot and you take away the option to get to that area either with contouring or with bunkering or what have you, uh, it, it becomes impossible. The shot literally becomes impossible. It's one of those crazy golf courses. We could do a whole show on getting comments from you guys on either a particular shot or a particular hole or even a particular course where you played it. And even though you were playing decent golf, there was no option. There was just nothing that you could do. I just, I, that's a philosophy that this whole idea of people walking off the golf course and saying, wow, that course was really hard. Does that translate to, oh, then it must be really good. Right? Just, it's an interesting conversation. Uh, at, at Pebble Beach. Oh, by the way, the, the results, Dom, yesterday, the results from the survey, the one I sent out earlier where I said, who will be world number one entering the Masters? Choices. Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, or other. Here is the way that the final voting tallied. 70%, 7-0 said Rory McIlroy. 27% said John Rahm. 1% said Scotty Scheffler, which is very surprising to me. 2% said other. Considering the fact that Scotty Scheffler is number two in the world. To only get 1% of the voting is surprising to me, especially for as long as, as he was world number one. And then I have to wonder, and I think we got one of the messages that came in yesterday while we were on the air, was he said, I would have voted differently if Rory hadn't just won. Rory just won this weekend, right? And John Rahm, by a John Rahm standard, faded, sure, uh, in the last round. So I wonder if, if it had been, you know, a tournament earlier and John Rahm had just won and Rory hadn't started his season yet, would those numbers be reversed? Just an interesting thing. And are you going to send out another survey today, Dom, since, since we're enjoying the results that we're getting? First of all, um, I hope Scotty Shuffler's watching this because that'll light a fire under him. And having him in the mix with the well, all, so. everybody, I mean, can't, I mean, it's just all good for golf. Uh, to answer your question, I did ask a question today as soon as we got on the air here. There's a lot of stuff flying around Mikkel, Phil Mickelson right now. We, we read uh, an interview that Bob Herrick did with him yesterday on the program, yep. and he spoke to the media in Saudi Arabia yesterday ahead of the Saudi International, which is technically on the Asian tour now, and that is taking place this week. I don't believe it's on television in the United States, but I can do some digging and maybe we could find something online. Mm, I don't think uh, so. His question it, is... It used to be when it was a European tour event back in the day, but yeah. In fact, even to that, before you even get to your survey question, is there any place that anyone can find any of this sound? I mean, if, if a player talks and no one hears it, what does that mean? Is there anywhere so, where people are getting this press conference sound coming, coming out of the Saudi International? I mean, is it not more stereotypical to the criticism that people have of Saudi Arabia that they have a major sporting event there and none of us get anything from it? You can't find it? Is that the case? I cannot find it. I am efforting to get access to it through the Asian tour as we speak. 
I think that the Asian Tours infrastructure, this is a bit of speculation, but I believe that their infrastructure is not prepared to handle. No, no, I get that, Dom, right but it's, now, but it's a press conference. On. I get it, but it's a press conference, right? So presumably there's someone there that's a member of some media organization who's jotting down notes yeah, or asking there, questions. Sure. I, yes. have you, it's, I can't find anything anywhere. Have you? I mean, there's transcripts. We can read transcripts, but nobody wants to read transcripts on the air. Nobody wants to listen to me read anything. We could read quotes. They exist. But it's crazy. In mean, 2023, it's TV like side, reading transcripts. It's like, stand by. Coming up, we have transcripts coming in from Saudi Arabia. Phil Mickelson yeah, says he's Matt, down to his college weight. I agree. I understand. I am on Team Matt. I'm just saying. I don't have it. We don't have it. But I'm efforting to get it, and I would imagine as this year rolls on, because there will be more events on the Asian Tour that live players will be participating in. You can literally see if you're watching on the television side, as Andrew is scrolling through the field list this week at the Saudi International, they literally have a section for players called Live Exemptions. And there's a whole host of players that are in this event they were just given a live exemption. Whereas someone like Sergio Garcia, who you can see is getting passed over there, he is in the event because he's officially inside the top 200 in the world. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the next six months. But slightly tied into this, today's question is, Yes. has your opinion about Phil Mickelson changed over the last 18 months? He's probably had ardent supporters. He's wow, had that is a, ardent that detractors. That is a loaded question. He's had people who might have liked him. You may, maybe you liked him a little bit. Maybe you only liked him. Maybe he's okay. But over the last 18 months, which everything that has transpired, I would imagine almost everybody's opinion, for better or worse, has changed about Phil Mickelson. And so you can go to our YouTube page if you want and let us know how you feel about it. You can saw that picture. You're complaining about yeah. press conferences. Yeah, Andrew, it's pull a that photograph. picture up there again. The press conference happened. That happened yesterday. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's got a microphone in front of him. He spoke to someone, presumably. I mean, everyone's saying he looks very skinny, and he does. He claimed he he lost weight. Twitter was going crazy about this photo this morning, saying Phil looks great. He said he's down to his college weight. I feel like he looks not healthy. That's what it looks like to me. I mean, I get I'm just saying. Does it look like he lost weight? Yes, it does. He clearly looks like he lost weight, but he doesn't look super healthy. To me. What, what does that mean? He doesn't look super healthy. Too much coffee? What are you talking about? His coloring doesn't look great. It feels like the weight that he lost in his face is in the wrong places. It, lo- it just doesn't look right. What the heck does that mean? It means it looks, to me, it looks like he's. The face that he, the, the weight that he lost in his face is in the wrong places. Yeah. Look, it looks like, doesn't it look like his eyes. We're getting off the rails here, but doesn't it look like his, no, no, you're off his the eyes rails. sort of been sucked, sucked in, sucked no. into his eye sockets a little bit. It's, it looks, it looks like he's, it does, he doesn't look healthy to me. Someone back me up on this. What is, what are he they saying? What's, what messages are coming in folks? Do you think, look at this picture and you tell uh, us. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not looking. I think, I think Phil I looks look like it's important to you. Tan rested and ready. <laughs> Chris writes. My opinion of Phil has been all over the place over the years. Right now, it's kind of no hate, no love. (laughs) 
It's like, and there's just a, there's so much noise. There's like an indifference now. There's so much noise. There's just an indifference. And I, you know, I think that what's interesting is this is how I look at it with the live and with the Saudi, the players that are at the Saudi event, and whatnot. I think it's interesting that there's a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. In other words, everybody's talking about how people care about this and they care about that. I feel like they kind of just care about what's in front of them. If this Saudi event was on a huge network and it was getting full coverage this week all over the United States, we'd be talking about it. We'd have press conference sound. There'd be storylines. There'd be articles. But it's out of sight, out of mind. It's not being covered. It doesn't have a big platform. So it's like it's hard to even find a field list. I mean, to to, to that point, in fairness, and, and Dom, you could pull this up while I'm talking about it because – it, 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 as a matter of equity, it should be mentioned as well. If people are upset about players playing golf in Saudi Arabia, right? Why isn't there the same outcry for the women that are going to be playing in Saudi Arabia? We're talking about stars of the, of the women's side of the game playing there. Why do they get a pass when it comes to the moral outrage but the male golfers that are playing there, whether they're part of Live or not, I'm talking about this event, and we can we can expand that conversation to Live if you want to. Uh, why are they taken to task for it? But on the women's side, because they say, well, women's golf needs this kind of support, they need this kind of money, so it's like, okay, so the atrocities that had you so pissed off, it's okay. That's in the, the United States, by the way. What you're what you're referencing? You're talking about Saudi Arabia. It's it's not Saudi Arabia. It's all well. Arabia. I'm talking about the what Aramco. Matt's talking about is their Ramco series, right? That, it's quite exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the that's fact a that five of, that's a five event series, and one of them is in Florida. Yeah, but Aramco is the oil division of Saudi Correct. Arabia. So yes. it's to me it yeah to, again if you want to get down to the specifics, and I understand what you're saying. If you want to get down to the specifics of where they're playing, okay, fine. Again, how that makes any difference, I don't know. It's, it's the exact same source. And it's, it's so offensive to people when it, when it comes to this event or when it comes to the live side, but there was barely a peep of it on the, on the women's side. I, that, I'm just asking why. What, what's, the, what's the reason for that? And... Do the ends justify the means is what I'm saying. Is it okay if there's a, a huge benefit that comes from it? Then that's okay. But on the men's side, it's not okay because a lot of those superstars who went were perceived as not really needing the money, but they went for the money, so they are perceived as being greedy and supportive of this, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I'm not trying to make a judgment here. I'm not trying to take a side here. I'm simply asking the question. So, Dom, to that point, this week in Saudi Arabia, which makes no sense to me, again, to reiterate, that there's virtually no information coming from it. And I get that big media companies are, are not covering it. They're ignoring it. But that's a different thing than not being able to get information. Ignoring information and information not existing are two separate things. We just saw the photo of Phil Mickelson. He spoke at a press conference. What he said, let's go to the transcript. We have transcripts coming in from Saudi Arabia. Okay, that's the only way? That just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, obviously the comments <laughs> that Bubba made 
we're making huge news about, you know, everybody is, is obsessed with, I'm paraphrasing, everybody obsessed with the Aces. His 10-year-old son knows all their names, and they're all excited about what they're doing. I get that. That doesn't, Bubba's Bubba. It, he, he does the best he can with saying what he tries to say. I, Bubba doesn't have a filter, and, and what pops in his head, he says it. And I, and I think that sometimes when he says stuff, if he, if he looked back on it at a moment to think about it, I think he would have changed the way that it came out. But uh, So Twitter and, and all that is going crazy with his comments kind of mocking him about the, the four aces. Tell me right now, Dom. Don't look it up. Tell me right now. Who are the four aces? Who are the four aces? Yeah. Well, obviously, Bubba Watson's one of them. <laughs> I, I, I no, think... No, uh, I think it... Eh, that's totally wrong. Okay. Not? Oh, no, that's Dustin lost. Johnson's right. team. Yes. That's Dustin Johnson's team. Yeah, well, it's too late so now, Don. You were wrong. Dustin, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Dustin Johnson... Uh, Joaquin Neiman, Andrew, do we have a team photo for them? That's uh, another cheat. D- what do you mean? No, 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 no. What do you Dude, mean a cheat? First of I'm, all, I, you were wrong. I, I, I'm not looking now at you're anything. asking for a team photo. No, no, no. No, this no, I want him to put it up now. afterwards. Afterwards. No, afterwards. Relax. I, I'm not sure I can get them all. I'm going to try. I, I think. You've I already think, not gotten I think. them. No, no, no. No, no. Give me a chance here. All right. I, I believe. I believe. It is. You like my Valentine's Day hearts, by the way. Yeah, I, I, was, I that believe. Was a little questionable. I'm decorating my studio. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. My kids gave this to me. What do you want to do? My kids. No one's going to. So, Dustin Johnson, Joaquin Neiman. I like how he's wasting time. Like, hey, can I talk to you about my decorations? Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch. I think it's Taylor Gooch. It is Taylor Gooch. I'll give you that. Pat Perez. Yeah. Is that, that right? Still doesn't mean you got it. Are you it. serious? Oh, there's a the picture. <laughs> I can't believe I got them all. Look at me. It's Patrick Reed. Oh, no, that's Reed. Patrick Reed. I didn't get him wrong. And I, <laughs> I got, I got it. Wet. I said Joaquin Neiman and yeah, Bubba Watson, yeah, yeah. and that is clearly Patrick Reed. Yeah, great job. So, so I was dead wrong. The, the whole theory about the Aces and that, that they're making such, you know, they're but going I, we've out got, on I tour. wanted to share some stuff coming in, though, while we're here. Yeah, go ahead. I, I like this, this note from Chris. Big fan of Chris here. I kind of see what Dom was saying. He does... Just looks skinny. I think it's because he's older. Older skin after weight loss just doesn't look the same. <laughs> and then it gets better. John writes, LOL, watching this morning, and my wife walks in when Phil's picture's on the screen. I wonder what John's watching on. Because you can, like, you can cast this to your television. Or you might John, be on, you watching on your TV, TV screen. There's a lot of different ways, yeah. Y- yeah. Uh, all, right, so all right, so he says... My wife walks in when Phil's picture was up on the screen, and she asked me, what was wrong with him? He looks sick. That's exactly what I said. Fair enough, Dom. <laughs> you might have been right on that. I like this. We need more comments in support of me, folks. Keep, keep talking like that. <laughs> keep doing that. There's That's no perfect. support of what you did And then the there's some Aces. people that talking about rumors going on just... the, the tour and, and uh, the DP World Tour and, and what's going on with, with Liv. In fact, if you want to, because there's some rumors floating around here just in the people talking – um, if you could quickly give us facts about what is happening with the, I'm not even sure if it's a lawsuit with the DP World Tour. So at, at by the end of February, a, a, a court is making a decision or something. Is that correct? No, a panel is making a decision, not a court. It's a, it's a three-person panel of which the judge is a part of. But 
it is not a court decision. It's, it's equivalent to, it'd be equivalent to like an arbitration decision. So when they make the decision, whilst the decision will be binding, it's, it's not binding such that it can't be appealed. And the, the expectation is that when a decision is made, which is only about, I think, a week away, if I'm not mistaken or less, uh, that when that decision is made, and you can check me on the date on that, Dom, because I can't remember exactly, but I think it's, it's like a week away, um, that it is expected that both sides, either side, th- th- whichever, whichever considers themselves to be on the losing side is going to appeal. And what is unclear to me is that during the appeal process, will the players be allowed to continue to play? So in other words, if the panel came back and said, no, nah, look, you're right. You have a right as a league to determine who plays in your events, right? For whatever reason, you have a right to to decide whether they can get in or not. Uh, And that if that happens, and so by decision of the panel, it it gets, they get barred and then they appeal, will then the magistrate say, oh, okay, we understand what you're doing and we're going to allow the players to play until this appeal is, is, resolved. So there are here, in fact, Dom just told me as I was describing that Scotty Crockett, who is in charge of communications for the European tour, now called the DP world tour. uh, He put out a statement about, uh, call it a week, maybe two weeks ago, in which he tried to clarify, clarify exactly what I'm talking to you about. So you get it in the terminology that's coming from the tour itself. So Dom, if you wouldn't mind quoting Scotty on this. Before I do, I just want to mention that Michael said, I am in agreement with Dom. Phil looks somewhat gaunt. Keep it coming, folks. All right, so. There's got to be somebody said. out there that's like, I think Phil looks great. No, no, no nobody's on your, no one's on Team Matt. He it's looks, just he not, looks it's not a complicated situation here. He looks we ready We should come up compete. with a team name, by the way. I certainly don't want to be the Aces, but I don't know. Something. For who? What team? What? For us. For our show. We should have a team name. We don't no, have a team no. name. No, Dominic. All right, the let me Aces read this. thing was just that was correct with the, with, the arbitration. I want, Andrew, is, I want you to clip the Aces thing and send it out on YouTube, and ask people the question: Could you name the four Aces? I mean, Dom with finger in the ha- I got in it, the air. I got the first it wrong. One he mentioned, but I was Bubba. hey, I was pretty close. I you weren't even close. close. You weren't even close. near. What do you mean know I was close? I got Taylor Gooch, Dustin Johnson, and Pat Perez. Dude, and you then were I guess so bad. Neiman, Neiman, Watson, and Reed. I missed. So I got three wrong and three right. Fifty percent. That's a that's like a D plus. What world do you live in? <laughs> Can I read this, please? Can we please yeah. stay stay on the rails here? Because I'm I'm really reading something very official here. Okay. To your point, you're correct. It's not a court case, but rather an arbitration panel hearing, according to DP World Tour media officer Scott Crockett. It will be held. Here's the important stuff. It will be held at the Sports Resolutions Arbitration and Media Center in London, beginning February 6th, ending February 10th. So basically this weekend. Is that next Monday? What is that? What's today? It's coming up. There is a three-person panel with a former high judge who will serve as a chair, exactly what Matt just described. A high judge? The proceedings will not be open to the public, and an answer will not be quickly forthcoming, according to Crockett. Quote, this is from Scott Crockett, the panel will deliver their their verdict through the Sports Resolutions website, several weeks after the hearing has taken place 
and have been given no definitive time frame when that will be by sports resolutions. Will we appeal if we lose? Will they appeal if they lose? Will their players still be able to play on the tour if they are appealing? Unfortunately, the simple and honest answer to all of that is we don't know. So, it sounds like whatever happens, nothing's going to even come from it. Because <laughs> they're just going to fight each other. Hmm. We shall see. Uh, we still have sound coming in from Pebble Beach that we want to go over today. I'd like to find out who the celebrities are that are going to be at Pebble. I, I'm curious who's going who's to be there this year. I think Bill Murray is uh, scheduled to go. Uh, I think, Dom, you said Josh Allen is going to be playing there. He always asks me a question. Like, I'm done talking. Everything's done. Matt's moving on, and so I eat my breakfast. And then Matt immediately goes, Dominic, start talking who, again. <laughs> I, the, the thing that's odd to me is who would be wolfing down some type of food while they're live on the air? It's a, uh, it's a fake bar. Yeah, it's a healthy it's a Nature's healthy bakery. But but who would I'm do sure that? this is what Phil Mickelson was eating to lose weight. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could you could whip up some of his witch's brew and, and eat fig bars and people be like, Wow, Dominic, he's lost so much weight. It looks I but where he lost it from, his eyes look sunken. So Is he on the Aces? Yes. Josh Allen is one of the celebrities in the prom this week and it's making news outside of golf because Yes. He was supposed to be at the Pro Bowl, which, for those of you who are not NFL fans, is basically the football's all-star game. And he mysteriously withdrew from that. I don't know why. I'm not sure if he said he was injured or what. But the Pro Bowl is this weekend. And you know what else is a weekend? The Pell Beach Pro-Am. <laughs> so, so Josh yep. was like, oh, ooh, my arm, my arm. I got to go play, I gotta go play golf at Pebble Beach. Yeah. <laughs> I can't can't make it to the Pro Bowl. My arm, it's messed up. I think it's broken. Oh, oh, Pebble. Yes, I'll be there. No problem. All right, so as I was saying, uh, we have a special guest coming up next here in the Fairways of Life show. And in a little bit, we're going to head out to Pebble Beach, and we're going to hear from some of those that very much hope to be in the mix in the days that lie in store. We are on the eve of golf starting all around the world. The Fairways of Life show is presented by the PG8 Tour Superstore, where within they have everything your game could possibly want. They're big, beautiful stores nearing 60, spread out from coast to coast. They are the number one golf retailer in all of America, and they are number one because of that, which you're looking at right there. I think it's because of the people, first and foremost. Shop with the pros. They're the best at what they do. You don't go in their store and they're going to try to sell you some, you know, fitness equipment or hunting gear. No, they're all about the game of golf and they're experts at the game of golf. It matters where you buy your equipment. PJTourSuperstore.com is a great place to start. Stay with us. Nothing feels quite like hitting a PXG iron. That's because we use hollow body construction coupled with the thinnest club face in golf and a vibration absorbing polymer. These technologies make hitting our irons feel soft as warm butter on a hot biscuit and create a bigger sweet spot, which means more forgiveness, better distance, and lower scores. Play PXG and see how sweet, real power, and incredible forgiveness can be. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses. 
and our world-famous parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Press the green button and start your journey at ireland.com slash golf. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs. The Tour Ball reinvented. It's as easy as five, two, three. Doesn't get any easier. This Houdini soul is like magic. When you just need to launch it. I wish more of my pro-am partners had these. I wish more of everybody had these. Because golf is hard. So make it easier. Make it five, two, three easier. If there was a trophy for the most forgiving clubs, these would win every year. You want to talk about winning? You know he knows a bit about that. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One, zero, one. Gives you feedback in real time so you feel where you are in your golf swing. Transition, plus 4.2 inches. Length of backswing, 50.3 inches. The Wiz really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. It's one of the things that we enjoy doing the most is getting a chance to speak to golfers who are just starting their trek on the professional game, at least at its highest tiers. And heading into this season, LPGA Tours, uh, Maddie Zarek uh, is a name that we think that you should be looking out for. She was a superstar in college at Texas A&M, where she was an All-American and holds the SEC record for top tens. She also holds a record uh, NCA record for most rounds played under par. She's a proud Canadian and now with a full season on the LPGA Tour under a belt of a feeling she is set for a breakthrough year. We're super excited that she's joined us this morning. Really looking forward to getting to know her a little bit better. Maddie, thank you for your time. I guess the place to start is to answer that uh, the question just posed. How excited are you about the year that you have in store? Hey, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I am super excited to get started again this year and have full status. And last year was awesome and, you know, a little overwhelming because I got into some tournaments so last minute. But, you know, I feel like I'm ready and I can plan ahead. And so it's not going to be like, oh, I'm playing this week and I have to get there now. And um, so just really, you know, happy and relieved to be out there um, and just ready to compete. Is it is it possible to explain to people what it's like to go from a college environment? You've got the team structure, you've got coaches, you've got an athletic department behind you. Uh, you you're a superstar nonetheless, 
But to go from that to the pressures of the LPGA, where now you're playing against the best in the world, where frankly everybody's a superstar by comparison, mm-hmm. what, what is that like? And what was that? What was that like for you from a maturity standpoint, from a realization standpoint? Yeah, I think it's it's very different. You know, college you have. Yeah, as you said, the coaches, the teammates, like the coaches have everything planned out of when you're going to be there, you know, where you're traveling, all of that. And as a pro, you're kind of thrown in and it's like, okay, now you plan all of your travel. You have to figure out how to get there and figure out all these new golf courses. And you kind of have to build your own team around that and just figuring out, okay, what works best for me and just getting used to all of the different travel and all the stresses that come along with not just playing we're ranking, but playing for, you know, as a job and just getting your mind around that is very different. But I mean, I, I love it. And I think it's been, you know, I'm really excited. To that point, uh, who has helped you along the way in terms of uh, your support structure? Yeah. I mean, I have um, like a few sponsors and all of that, but I think also like going into the player side, a lot of the um, older Canadians have really helped me just, you know, when I first turned pro, like, you know, I knew Brittany Marchand really well, Elena Sharp, um, AC Tangway, and just, you know, they've helped me so much with, if you have any questions, like, you know, this is the best airport that we think, you know, these are our housing from past years and um, just having them, you know, just to be able to ask them any questions, what I might think are like dumb questions, but are, you know, what every, you know, rookie has to go through. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, and I thought it was, it was telling and interesting too, that you said a lot of the, you know, the Canadians on tour, there were veterans were, were helpful to you. I am curious about, and I am, by the way, I am going to ask you, Maddie, too, about your sponsors in a little bit. So mm-hmm. just yes. uh, if, if you would be ready for that, so we can spread some love to them that help you do what you do. Uh, but I'm curious about your path to golf at its highest level. Again, coming from Canada, such as you are with a, with a limited season, obviously, how were you able to hone your game and get it to this point? Um, I mean, I started golf when I was very little, um, when I was seven. And we I grew up in the Dallas area. Um, my parents had moved down for work. And so we have a longer season here. Um, you know, don't have too much of a winter. But I started when I was really young and just loved the game ever since. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Now, the experiences you're having out on the LPGA, is it too soon? You talked about the comfort level, and I get it. You know, where you rent your car, where you're going to stay, where you go to get groceries, all that kind of stuff that, that goes with just living life, where you wash your clothes when you're, when you're on the road, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm curious how much exposure you've had a chance to have yet to courses, and are there courses where you kind of feel like, yeah, this one suits my eye? Yeah, I think there are a few. I love, you know, the courses in the grass up north. It's just what I'm more, you know, used to playing on. But, you know, I'm just, you know, I've seen a lot of these courses now. So it would be great going in and not being completely blind. And, um, yeah, I'm super, you know, happy to be playing again. And But I think, you know, a lot of the courses up north I'm excited to go back to. And now that I've, you know, played them and I'm more comfortable out there, I'm really ready to be there. How much of of your golf swing in your rookie season was, was, and I'm going to phrase it, you, you, you define it any way you want to, Maddie, but about rookie jitters 
where now you look at it and you go, you know, I've had time to think about it. I've had the off season. I had the season that I went through. Same place, same time, same situation, same golf swing. I think that I can perform better. What What's the difference from year one to two? I think year one, it was just, I'm so happy to be there. And like, you know, I finally made it and, you know, just so, you know, it's very overwhelming at first. There's so much going on. You don't know where to go. Like all the the clubhouses are huge, lots of people walking around. And so now I feel like I know, okay, I'm comfortable there. I've been here, done that. And, you know, had a few, you know, two really solid tournaments. And so that was a good jumping off point. I felt like I had a better fall. Um, And so, you know, I have, you know, working with the Golf Canada mental coach a lot and just figuring those little things out and just knowing like, okay, I can do it. And just, yeah, I'm really excited. When you're working with a golf mental coach at mm-hmm. this point, and, and again, reveal what you please, at this point, what are you guys primarily focusing on? Because the golf, the, the mental coach is not trying to get you to compress the ball. They're, you're talking about all of these other distractions that surround you. What, what are you guys working on now, if I may? Yeah, of course. I think everyone is very different in how they handled, you know, nerves and the pressure. And so for me, it's just... Um, you know, at this past uh, Q series, it was a lot about being in cruise control because I felt like my game was ready. And so just like, okay, I just have to play golf. Like I know I put in the work. And so it's just, you know, focusing on what I can control and just taking it shot by shot. And, you know, everyone's very different. So I'm, it's all about finding your great, like your perfect mental state. And some people love to be super pumped up or like, oh, I'm barely awake and I play my best. So it's really just finding what your best like number is. What were there occasions last year that you can remember where you were playing with a specific player or players and you flat out just felt intimidated because of who they are? Um, yeah, a few times I got to play, you know, with Lexi Thompson, which was great. Um, I played with Lydia Ko last year and she was so amazing. Like she was so sweet and so kind. And, you know, we're walking down the fairway and she's asking me questions and, Hey, do you want some of my, you know, snacks? And, um, she was really great, but it was very, you know, it's nerve wracking to play with them for the first time. Like, okay, like you've won so many, you know, huge tournaments and, um, just seeing how my game, you know, compares to theirs. And how did your game compare to theirs, if I may? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, there's, you know, some areas that I can grow in and, um, you know, there's a lot of nerves that day. So just learning how, you know, she's been out there for so long and it takes, you know, people time to get used to the atmosphere and, um, how to handle the pressure. So, you know, I think there are some areas that I'm, I'm working on this off season and, uh, just to be really ready for the season ahead. Journalistically, I have to ask you a question. What was Lydia Ko's snack? Uh, she asked if I wanted some of her fruit. She what, just fruit? had like a little glass fruit. Oh. She had like little like cut up peaches and plums and just, you know, random little snacks. And so we were just walking down and she was eating. She's like, oh, How do you want you, some? How do you do that? Would you like reach in with your fingers and grab a piece of fruit out of her bowl? I did. I was like, okay. You did? How do you, I did. How do you say no? <laughs> What'd you grab? Um, I think it was just a little bit of a peach. A peach. Fair enough. And those are yeah. hard to grab with your fingers, a peach. Yeah. Because they're all yes. kind of slimy and, and all the rest. All right. To the other point where you said you were working on some stuff 
this offseason to get ready for this season based upon the experience mm-hmm. you had of where deficits may have been by comparison. Again, reveal what you please, but what mm-hmm. were some of those areas that, that you're currently working on or have? Yeah, so right now I'm really working on my wedge game a lot. Um, you know, I purchased a track man at the end of the season because in college I had, you know, access to a track man every day and my wedge game was very good. I always felt comfortable with, you know, hard numbers and I was just so that was you know something that I felt was really lacking just not having you know access to real-time numbers and you know just having it for a month at the end of the season I saw drastic differences so just really working on that um, and different chip shots because we're you know the greens are firmer faster um, so that was you know a huge shock in the beginning so just mm-hmm. making sure I'm ready for those greens. Very cool stuff Maddie when when you're a professional golfer, it's like you're the CEO of your own, you know, corporation. Mm-hmm. What do you want the message of the Maddie Zura Corporation be to the world? Who are you? What's your brand? Um, I think, you know, just very hardworking, determined, very passionate about, you know, what I'm doing. Um, you know, faith is a huge part of my life and just so growing that and um, just never giving up and just fighting through every circumstance. And, you know, some, it takes time to get used to that atmosphere. And I feel like I'm, I'm ready for that. Looking at your, your Instagram, Maddie, it's mm-hmm. clear that you, en- you enjoy your, your social engagements. There was a photo, I believe it was at the AT&T stadium that we had in the mix and, I don't know what this, I don't actually know what the context was in this photo. What is this? So when we had the tournament in Dallas, um, we got to go to the Cowboys like training facility in Frisco. Yep. And, you know, we were just on the field, throwing the football. And I saw, so there was about six of us and, you know, we were taking pictures with it. And Lindsay Weaver had done that pose and she looked so good in it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to try it. So it was just a fun <laughs> Um, just a media day and it was really cool to be able to go there and, you know, see all the history behind it. And it was just a fun, fun group. Do you have a, do you have a horse in the race when it comes to the NFL? Do you have a, a team? Um, not really. I can I tell mean, with the ish. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm in Dallas, so kind of the Cowboys, but not, you know, not a huge football, fo- so who, football who did, fan. What sport did you grow up with just like, you know, can't miss? Was it was it hockey up there in Canada? Yeah, hockey and baseball were really big in my family. And who who's the team? Uh Maple Leafs for sure. Toronto. And then same for same for the yes. Blue Jays, I assume? Yes. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough with all with all that. So I've got to ask you a question about interaction with fans. Mm-hmm. And Andrew, you're going to have to set this up on a split screen in a second. I want to ask you about a, a interaction with fans. First of all, how are you at that? How comfortable are you kind of meeting the fans and, and saying hello to them when, when the situation warrants? Um, I'm fairly comfortable. I mean, it's I've gotten more used to it um, over you know the past few months. The first tournament there was like, oh my God, there's so many people. Um, but I think definitely getting more used to it. Yes. Now, you may remember Arnold Palmer used to say to young touring professionals, amongst the things about the importance of interacting with the fans, 
is he would say to them, when you sign an autograph, mm-hmm. make sure that they can read your autograph. It's a matter of respect from you to them instead of just doing that kind okay. of bleh. Maddie, Uh-oh. there's evidence online. <laughs> Somewhat. You can kind of tell. Explain yourself. Um, I don't know. It was probably rushed, but yes, good. Now I know that I really need to make sure. I mean, it's kind of there. I'll work yes, on it. This off season, I'll work on it. All right. Do you, if you have a pen and paper in front of you right now, do you? Uh, yes, I do. All right. Let me, let me see you. Let me see you write a really nice autograph so we can tell the world. Because, Andrew, pull up the one again on the split screen that we were looking at. Because this one, I have to tell you, it looks like Medi C. I kind of gave up on the. So someone's going to go home and go, who signed this? Oh, it was Medi C. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, now that's class right there. That is absolute class right there. You've been redeemed in the, in the eyes and the spirit okay. of, of uh, Arnold Palmer. Okay, in Thank all seriousness, you. though, we do love to ask you guys about your sponsors because Dom sends out the clip to them after we talk mm-hmm. about it so that we can spread some love for the people that help you do your thing. Who have you aligned yourself with as yet? Yeah, so I've, had, I've been with Golf Canada for several years now, and they've been incredible with all their support. Um, obviously, uh, Fengate, they're a wrong side, um, a investment firm based in Toronto. Um, they've been awesome. I've worked with them the past year. Um, obviously, Ping has been wonderful. I've played their clubs since I was in middle school, maybe. Um, always loved them. Uh, Titleist for balls and gloves, Foot Joy, um, and then Level Wear clothing. So I'm very, very thankful for all of them. That is awesome. And I cannot wait for you to play golf with Lydia Ko again. And you have your own bag or bowl yes. of fruit that you can offer back to her. It's only fair. Yes, absolutely. Peaches. It's only yes. fair. Maddie, it's been great getting to know you, my friend. Thank you very much for the time. We wish you the very, very best as you move forward in 2023. We agree. Great things are in store for you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Awesome to see you. Okay, folks, the Fairways of Life show is presented by DeWiz. Log on to DeWiz Golf and know your game like you have never known it before. This wearable device is based upon neuroscience, and it measures your golf swing in real time in space. What do you need to work on with your golf swing? Do you know how to do it? Do you know where you are right now, where you should be? You will. With DeWiz. Log on to DeWizGolf.com and see it for yourself. When we come back, we're going to head out to Pebble Beach and hear from more players in the field. Stay with us. I guess hello world, huh? <laughs> and with one subtle hello, Tiger began an amazing and unthinkable career. I've done it for 20 years now with, with Bridgestone. It allows me to play an aggressive style around the greens, and it's allowed me to win a lot of tournaments. Bridgestone Golf, proud to be part of your journey. 
Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one. Gives you feedback in real time. Do you feel where you are in your golf swing? Transition plus four point two inches. Length of backswing fifty point three inches. The Wiz have really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. That's what I play. What? Yeah, definitely. Nothing feels quite like hitting a PXG iron. That's because we use hollow body construction coupled with the thinnest club face in golf and a vibration absorbing polymer. These technologies make hitting our irons feel soft as warm butter on a hot biscuit and create a bigger sweet spot, which means more forgiveness, better distance, and lower scores. Play PXG and see how sweet, real power, and incredible forgiveness can be. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous links courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Press the green button and start your journey at ireland.com slash golf. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. So like you guys, you know, you're wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're getting messages, right? Notifications coming through in your phone. And so the big notification coming through today, of course, was about Tom Brady just, I guess, a few minutes ago announced that he is retiring again, this time for good, so he says. Uh, I guess this was a little clip that he sent out. I'm Point. retiring for good. Right away. Oh. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Sounded like he was getting a little bit. Good morning, guys. Didn't he? I'll get to the point. 
Yeah, sound like he was getting a little upset about all that stuff. But, you know, he, he's retired. He's had, he's had a great career. What, what are you laughing about? Why is, that, why is that shocking to you, Don? I didn't laugh. You were laughing. Uh, it looks man. like he's retiring officially. And it looks he got like a little overclumped at the end there, so it, maybe this is real. He did. Maybe this is real. I think it's it's probably real. Well, that, he's like every 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 year for the last three years. He's like. Do you think he looked good? Did you I'm think done, he looked I a little little gaunt? No, I think he looks healthy. He's a healthy young man. Andrew, put that picture back up of of Phil Mickelson. It's in there somewhere. Come on. He's not really that much younger than Phil, is he? Isn't he? Uh, isn't he forty six? I don't think so. He's forty five. For, uh, uh, Tom Brady's forty five. I don't know how old is Phil. Fifty. Fifty two. Fifty-two. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, can you go side? Give me a side. I don't know. I still think Phil Nicholson, doesn't look Tom super Brady? healthy in that picture. I just I don't know what I don't know what you want from me. How about embarrassing Maddie there with her with her autograph? Some yeah, high quality production that? right there. Where Where did you find that? It that's, was on that's... eBay. <laughs> you found that on eBay. Somebody. Yeah, I f- I found the picture on eBay, and I was like, "Is that her signature? We've got to have fun with this." And she was, you could tell, she was, she was like, oh, no. She immediately went to <laughs> defensive. She immediately went defensive. She was like, I was, I was rushed. I was so rushed. I remember that moment specifically. I was rushed. I like when, when I was like, and what happened with the last name? She was like, yeah, by then I think I was kind of losing interest. <laughs> so while we were in the break and, and all this Tom Brady news was, was breaking, I was, I was looking at, I'm just curious, what clubs does Tom Brady belong to? Because now that he's retired, you got to assume, you know, Tom Brady's going to be in every Skins game he can, he can be in, right? And it says that he, he belongs to the country club at Brookline, which, totally understandable. And it said that he's joining or has joined, it looks like he has joined, I believe, Seminole. Right? But those aren't, I mean, I don't think he's, I don't think he's hauling his clubs out of his trunk for at a, at a, a muni someplace to play golf. So there's got to be a more complete list someplace of where where he's playing golf. And then I'm, I'm curious: will he stay in the Tampa area in Florida? Uh, will he move? You know, Seminole membership down there. Will he split time up in New England or whatever? Where? Where's he from originally, Dom? Where's Tom Brady from originally? Uh, he's from California. So will he move back out to California? No, I think he'll probably stay around where his kids are. Remember, they had a very public, weird divorce situation, but I believe they're in Florida. So my guess is he'll hang around there, somewhere nearby where his ex-wife and kids are. Well, when they were trying to, when they were speculating of where he would go, when they thought maybe he might go to the Dolphins, there was news out that he was checking out you know, exclusive schools for his kids down in the Miami area. I don't know if you saw that. That was, what, a week or so ago that that was going well, on. Well, he's obviously going to be – I mean, Tom Brady is, is is global icon sort of mogul status athlete, and there's only four or five of them, you know, LeBron James, stuff like that. He is going to be heavily involved in business, you can tell up front. He's got his whole line of TB12 products – he just launched, I'm not sure if it's on his Twitter, Matt, uh, Andrew, there might be pictures. He just launched a clothing line, and I think it's a Dick's Sporting Goods, actually. And he was posting pictures of it, I think it was last week. So he's going to, we're going to, this is not the end of Tom Brady. I would imagine we're going to see him quite a bit in the media, in the press. I think that's it right there, Andrew, isn't it? That picture right there? 
Dom's talking about a preview that screen it? that you guys can't see. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's a clothing Surreal. line that we're looking at? The Brady at? brand is now available at Dick's House of Sport locations. Dick's Sporting Goods, I'm sure, is what he's talking about. I don't know if Andrew Dick's can House zoom in sport. on that, but you can see, like, in the top right, Andrew, that's, like, literally his new clothing line. He's got sweatshirts and athletic wear, and he'll be doing a lot of that for sure. Well, he so, apparently loves the game of golf, so we'll see what impact. Greatness lasts forever. Brady. That's the brand. Well, that's a humble line, Get ready for more commercials, folks. Never ends. And what, the piece that he did when he was just the one we just aired that not sure how long ago it was recorded was clearly out in a beach someplace, too. So assuming it was in the Tampa area, but as media is prone to do, because the waves sounded pretty stout, kind of sound a little bit more like it was probably on the Atlantic side. But who knows? It's all, it's all wild speculation. All we do know is that Tom Brady said he's retired and I guess time to pull the golf clubs out and play it. We only know two of his golf. I, I only know two of his golf courses. Somebody, somebody right now is writing into you and going, oh, no, he's a member at Bel Air. Uh, or this I, I don't think he's going to have any issues getting into any golf course he's, he wants to play at. <laughs> Probably right. I mean, he could be a member at every golf course in the country. He could literally pay all of them, like pay all the dues for everybody. I don't know how many golf courses there are, but he could afford to be a member at all of them. That should be criteria for any new members of a club. Yeah, you're welcome to come in, but you've got to pay all the dues of everybody. That's just <laughs> how we do it. All right, so more of the Fairways of Life show coming up right after this. Log on to pxg.com and check out their new beautiful Gen 5 product. It is absolutely packed with technology. How do I know? Because Bob Parsons will tell you it right now. When we come back, we're going out to Pebble Beach. Nothing feels quite like hitting a PXG iron. That's because we use hollow body construction coupled with the thinnest club face in golf and a vibration absorbing polymer. These technologies make hitting our irons feel soft as warm butter on a hot biscuit and create a bigger sweet spot, which means more forgiveness, better distance, and lower scores. Play PXG and see how sweet, real power, and incredible forgiveness can be. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Press the green button and start your journey at ireland.com slash golf. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs. The Tour Ball reinvented. That's what I play. What? 
Yeah, definitely. It's as easy as five, two, three. Doesn't get any easier. This Houdini soul is like magic. When you just need to launch it. I wish more of my pro-am partners had these. I wish more of everybody had these. Because golf is hard. So make it easier. Make it five, two, three easier. If there was a trophy for the most forgiving clubs, these would win every year. You want to talk about winning? You know he knows a bit about that. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One, zero, one. Gives you feedback in real time so you feel where you are in your golf swing. Transition, plus 4.2 inches. Length of backswing, 50.3 inches. The Wiz really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show this Wednesday. Victor Hovland amongst the names, prominent at Pebble Beach. And an interesting series of questions with Victor Hovland. It starts by, you know, the question of this is your fourth season on the PGA Tour. And in that time frame, you know, how have you grown? How have you matured? How have you changed? Yeah, it feels like a long time ago, um, but time has gone by very quickly. Um, I would say when I first came out, I had maybe not as high of a ceiling, but what I really thought I did a great job of was that my, I, had, I, I was very consistent. Like I had one shot, and I would kind of hit that um, regardless of what the hole or, or where the wind was coming from. I would just find a way to fit that little cut in everywhere, and – Sometimes that bothered me a little bit because I felt like I capped myself. But at the same time, it's it's very valuable to have something or a ball flight that you know what it's going to do. You might not hit it perfect, but you at least know where it's going to go. You can you can play smart. You can play away from trouble and, and stuff like that. Um, so I'm trying to kind of get more of that consistency back a little bit. But at the same time, I've got more speed. I can hit it higher. I can draw it. Uh, I'm a way better putter. Uh, and I feel like my short game is really starting to come around. So I, I'm a way better per, uh, player than I was back then. But, um, yeah, I really appreciated the, the consistency I had in, in my ball flight back then. I, I mean, I really like that the greens are small. Um, and you got to drive it well. Um, there are some tricky tee shots out here. But if you can put the ball in the fairway, it's a lot of short irons into these uh, small greens. And I, I just really think it fits my game. Um, I remember, especially the U.S. Open, I uh, I don't think I missed a fairway on the front nine the whole tournament and only missed a handful of fairways the whole week. And I was able to just kind of uh, give myself a lot of birdie looks. And uh, you do that out here when, when the conditions get a little tough, you're going to gain some shots. Could be a trap. Like a lot of guys when they first came out, come out, you know, you're standing right next to Rory um, you know, a lot of guys that have done well for a long time and you, and you look and man, that, that looks really nice. And not that I was doubting myself, but it's like, you always want to try to kind of elevate your game. And I think that is a good direction to try to go with your game, but you got to be also careful what you're, you know, what you're risking as well. And just be cognizant that, okay, how do we get better with uh, the least amount of risk involved. And you don't want to change who you are as a player to get to that next step. And I think that's uh, 
I think that's a struggle that we're that we're always kind of battling because you you want to get better without getting worse. The number one thing is that you know a lot of what you do in the short game is usually just an abbreviation of what you do in the full swing. But what I do in the full swing does not necessarily lend itself for good short game technique. So I've just had to find ways uh, to make my short game work uh, without, as I said earlier, changing kind of my DNA. And for me, uh, I've had to try to turn my, my pivot or I had to pivot a little bit more with my, with my body and, and lower body instead of just using all my arms. You know, the number one thing is that my left arm kind of gets disconnected from from upper body, and that just tends to lean the shaft. Uh, so I'm trying to kind of use my upper body more to control the, the speed of the shot and uh, almost feel like my, my head is, is raising up and, and getting out of the ground because uh, you don't have speed or time um, as a luxury in the short game. So you got to find a way to shallow the club out without, you know, turning your body or bending the left arm. So for me, I've been... Um, yeah, just focusing on almost like standing up a little bit, and it's it's helped. Um, you had a posted a fun Instagram post yesterday, just mm-hmm. creating a cool shot you had back in 2018. Can you just tell us about that shot back in 2018 and how cool it was trying to recreate it yesterday? Yeah, uh, I remember they put the tee up in the in the match play, and I think I hit driver uh, every time the tee was up there, and. I, I hit great shots there, but that one time I, I sliced it a little bit and it just rolled down there um, in the ice plant. And I was expecting to just take a drop up there and try to make an up and out for a par because uh, Devin had hit it in the left bunker. Um, but then I go down there and I see I have a great lie. So I just figured, OK, I'll go down there and try to hit it. And um, yeah, as I walked down there, I couldn't really see the pin or anything. and just opened up a, um, a sandwich and hit it pretty hard and. Uh, walk up there and it's uh, it's a tap in for a birdie and I end up winning the hole. So that was uh, that was a uh, yeah very <laughs> special moment and uh, haven't been back there since since then. So I figured yeah why not go down there and, and try it again. All right, that was the recreation that we saw in that little video that he played there. Now as as you guys who have been with us for any amount of time probably already know when this little earpiece for me is where the sounds coming back to me from Dominic or what have you, and Dom never stops. So when we're listening to Victor, Dom's in the background, and Andrew can hear it too. And Dom's going, oh, he just doesn't look good. And we're like, what? What are you talking about? Victor Hovland? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's still dwelling on this whole Phil thing. Why are you, why are you even going back to it, Dom? Are you hearing from people still? Oh, there's people chiming in, but I just, you know, I don't wish ill on anybody, and I, I, I just get worried. Life happens. Things happen. There is a, a lot of things have transpired for Phil Mickelson in the last two years. A lot. Yeah. And it would not – and stress can do a lot of things to people, and most of them are bad. And when I look at that – like, Andrew, put 183 up there. You can show it to everybody. On the on the right hand side of your screen, if you're watching the TV side, that's you know a, 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 an older picture of Phil. He doesn't. You look don't like think he looks you know, like he has a turkey neck in that one? Listen to me. He obviously is not a beacon of health in the picture on the right, right? He's he's not he's not a bodybuilder, right? What are you trying but to he say? Looks, he looks healthy to me in that picture. He looks, you know, he could he could shed a few pounds, but he looks healthy. The picture from his press conference. That's yesterday, not what you said in my earpiece. 
doesn't look healthy. I'm just worried about the guy. I just hope he's okay. I hope he's not sick. That's all. I think the Phil that was addressed the world yesterday in, in a press conference that was only disseminated apparently by transcript. <laughs> Transcripts coming in from Saudi Arabia. Phil says he feels great and he's down to his college weight. Asking that people ignore any photos prior to that, turkey neck or otherwise. I don't know. I, I think mean, in was... all seriousness, Matt, when you look at that picture, do Which you one? look at it and go, well, Which just lo- the picture of him with lost weight. Do you look yeah. at that and just go, yeah, it looks great. He lost a bunch of weight. Do, do you I really do. see that? Do you really see just a guy yeah, who lost if he weight had the same, good? If he had the same shiny glasses that are sponsor his, blah, 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 that whole deal, compared to the other guy that's, you know, got three days of growth and looks like he just came off like an extended overnight flight. I think the, the new Phil looks better than that other Phil. Yes, I do. Well, I, I, I'll tell you what. I hope he wins a major this year. So does he. What the hell? Why not? Oh, it'd be great for golf. It would be an, it would be an explosive situation if oh, he yeah. won a major championship. It would be fantastic. Well, I there'd think be people it, going nuts on both sides. It'd be oh, just yeah. a, it's a total train wreck. I am rooting for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if I'd call it a train wreck, but but if I think if oh, any no, it'd be a train wreck. If any live player wins a major. No, it's gotta be Phil. I mean you're right. You're right. Any live player, yes, but if Phil did it, explosive situation. Like out of control. It'll be crazy. It'll be front page news on CNN. Like this will be we 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 are never national news. The last time golf mattered to the general public was when Tiger won the Masters in 2019. That led the news. That was on CNN, Fox, you name it. It was front page everything. Everything I don't know. front page. I think, I think Phil winning, winning the, the PGA made pretty big news, too. No. Not like Tiger winning the Masters. No, not of course close. not. I'm not saying it's, it's comparable. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's still yeah, relative. Yeah, if Phil won now, oh, yeah. It would be that level, blockbuster, explosive nature thing. Yeah. Oh, there's our question for the day. Has your opinion about Phil Mickelson changed over the last 18 months? Oh, yeah. What are the results of that? I'm very curious. Well, you can see I always loved him, never loved him. Like him more, like him less. And pretty split. Kind of a mess there. I mean, it's all over the map with the way people feel about Phil. 32% say they always loved him. Only 7% say they never loved him, which shows you that he's very likable. 21% 21% said like him more, eh. 39% say like him a little less. So, I mean, 34% always loved him. That means that that's, there's a lot of people there that don't care what's transpired over the last 18 months at all. Well, just, yeah, but isn't the largest category the 39? Wasn't 39% your largest category, Don? Wasn't what? Wasn't 39% the largest category? Like him less? 38% like him less, yeah. Yeah, but that true, but I'm looking at that and going, 34% always loved him. I'm surprised that that number isn't lower. Oh, no, I'm not surprised. But you're surprised that they haven't changed their mind, you mean? I'm not surprised yes, that there, there was a percent. I'm surprised oh, they haven't okay. changed their mind. That's correct. I mean, the, the line that we don't have is how many people absolutely were head over heels, huge Phil fans, before he kind of stumbled in it over the last year, year and a half. Right? I bet that number would have been 
over 70%, maybe more than that. Uh, and now, I mean, there's definitely a mitigation, but I also think what I'm, what I'm sensing Phil is doing with him, you know, he's back on social media again and all the rest. Remember, Phil's a marketing machine. He's got a lot of products that he endorses. And my guess is the crisis management philosophy was we just need to lay low and let this blow over. That's my guess is the approach that they took on it based on, on what he did. And now Phil is starting to kind of stretch his legs again and feeling like, okay, it's time for me to get back out there and in some cases test the waters, but in other cases more assertively put myself back out there. I think that's why he did that big interview with Sports Illustrated and, and Bob Herrick. And in that big interview, as I told you, it was classic Phil 101 in terms of media management, which is set the agenda, weave it through your comments consistently and earnestly, and strive for that to be the story that people come away with, which is for Phil Mickelson that he's tan rested and ready and, and he is ready to do what no one has ever done before, which is to be, continue to be the oldest to set records relative to major championships. All, everything else is noise. Forget everything else that took place. Forget anything that I've said. Forget all that stuff. The focus now is what I'm going to do competitively. And in some ways, like Dom just said, it can be pretty exciting. I mean, when he won at Kiowa, it it was a great week. And it was kind of ironic because here you had, you know, Brooks Kepka battling against it. And, and with it, Brooks Kepka kind of became a little bit whiny when he was like, yeah, there was a lot of people out there. And no one was making sure that I was okay. Someone could have bumped into my bad knee. Instead, they were all protecting Phil. It was kind of funny, you know, and that's, and that's, uh, and I say that from the standpoint of a sports fan's perspective of uh, just what everyone's talking about. The, the what Phil said in that Sports Illustrated uh, interview. You know, good guys and bad guys, love them or hate them. That's the definition of what sports is. At least sports that are highly engaged. So we've got a lot going on. We've got just a few days away from that panel making the decision on the European tour and that decision is going to set in motion certainly dominoes on on both sides either sides uh, respectively really interesting to see what happens with that you've got golf going on in Saudi Arabia this week you've got the DP World Tour the European Tour maybe they'll bump into each other at airports in the AIE anyway you've got play underway at Pebble Beach hey Dom just before we say goodbye uh, give us an update on some of the the big names on the celebrity side that are playing this week out of Pebble uh, I can have Andrew put that up on the screen for the folks on the television side. I mean, obviously, we talked earlier about Josh Allen, the uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback, who is skipping the Pro Bowl to play golf. Gareth Bale, an extremely famous soccer player. Uh, Nate Bargatze is a very famous golf-loving comedian. Uh, Jason Bateman, very famous actor. Uh, Josh Jamel, actor. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, former uh, Cardinals wide receiver. Paul Gasol, uh, all-star He jumped over Tara K. Dixon. Thomas That's Keller. So- Former Miss America? Yeah, she's, Jerry K. Uh, Dixon's with, there. She's a golf channel NBC person, golf channel. Right? Yep. Yep. Very nice person. Uh, Thomas Keller, in the bottom left there, if you're reading the list, he may be considered the finest chef in the world, not just in the United States. He has a very famous restaurant in California called the French Laundry, which before I die, I'd love to go to at least once. Uh, Bill Murray, of course, a staple at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Jake Owen, who I think almost always plays with Jordan Spieth, correct? I believe so, yeah. The country singer? Yeah. I think he's the, uh, yeah. Alfonso Ribeiro, of course, of 
Fresh Prince frame, fame, and he's been uh, one of the faces, I think, for the PGA Tour champions, actually. Ron Rivera, who's the head coach of the Washington Commanders for now. Aaron Rodgers, uh, who knows what he's going to do. Maybe he'll say a, retire a retirement speech on Twitter will be coming later today. Ray Romano, another comedian. Alex Brady Smith, beat him Steve again. Young, both, both former 49ers quarterback. Darius Rucker, who's been one of the many voice boxes for the PGA Tour in the last five years or so. He's a famous country singer, obviously member of original member of Hootie, Hootie and the Blowfish. I mean, it's, it's blockbuster celebrities, man. It is what it is. Michael Pena, by the way, in the top right, you may not know him. He is an he is. underrated yeah. actor, really yeah. good actor. Yeah, he's, doesn't he do Lots a lot of, of comedy stuff, stuff too, Michael? He does a ton of comedy, but I'm saying he's an underrated actor. He normally has the, the supporting roles in films, and yeah. he's underrated. If you go and find some of the films where he's, where he's the lead, he's a very good comedic actor, but he's actually a good actor. Um, all the way, by the way, just to wrap a bow around this, Yes. I went and found the uh, transcripts that I know you're a huge fan of. <laughs> and they asked Transcripts Phil coming in from Saudi Arabia. Let's take conference. you to Dominus Carano. What's your weight now? It's my college weight. We don't need to go to numbers, but I'm back to where I was when I turned pro, and that's the first time that that happened. And they asked him if getting fit was a conscious part of the plan to get the swing in the game where he wants it to be. Very much so he says, because of the ability to recover faster now, it's changed my blood work to be less inflamed and give me more energy. That's the biggest reason why I did it. And then he goes on. I don't know. Did, did anywhere in the... Did, 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 uh, this, this was coming in by Morse code. Did, did anyone ask him what he did to lose the weight, even though Phil in his very Phil way wouldn't tell us what his college weight was or he is now. Instead, he wanted only us to hear the bigger message that he's at his college weight. That I'm telling you, he's a master at it. That's how he does what he does. But did he? Did anyone ask him uh, what he did to get in shape? I'm I'm scanning the uh, transcript because we have no video because they don't have cameras in Saudi Arabia. Apparently, uh, no, I don't think that they do have anything in here specifically. I mean, he's, he mentions, I've been able to address some things. I work with a doctor on specific areas, this is him talking, that are going to help me long-term, whether it's eating the right foods, getting rid of inflammation, whether it's cognitive function or gut health, things like that. I don't, I don't know what to say about this anymore. Okay, Tom, very revealing. Thank you for referencing the transcripts. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's good. At least we have that much to go on. I hope uh, that you guys have a great Wednesday today. Uh, we will be back with you again tomorrow. Surely some scores will be pouring in from around the world, and hopefully the Morse code will work, and we'll be getting some scores coming in from Saudi Arabia as well. And then a little bit later, right, later on in the day, we'll have Pebble Beach. Tomorrow we'll give you some airtime so you know how, when, and where you can catch your coverage as well. Until then, goodbye for now.